Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I'm your host, Honest Abe, along with my trusted KMA crew, the Italian scallion himself, Paul DeGracco, and the man they call the GOAT, Alex Tavella. We are broadcasting live from South Florida. This is KMA episode number 441. Morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Morning. How we doing? I'm feeling great. Got a cup of coffee. coffee I got my coffee, newly decorated coffee. office. Newly decorated office. Well, listen, I've been hanging stuff up around here. I got it like, looks like I, the first time I ever hung up my diploma from college ever in my life. My parents gave it to me like the week I graduated. I never did anything with it. It's been in a closet, so I got to hang it up here. So when I do Zoom calls, you know. It's not a worthless piece of paper anymore. People can see it. What what what, what university was that? Hofstra. On Long Island. Oh, what was it? Hofstra. Okay. Hofstra University. You've you've never heard of Hofstra? It's, it's a pretty big university. Hofstra? Man. Absolutely not. Really? You never heard of Hofstra? <laughs> I've heard of Hofstra. Yeah. And you know, I I did not partake in the whole college experience. You know what? It's overrated. I kind of did partake in the college experience, just not on campus. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> I never enrolled. <laughs> uh, listen, it's just th- throwing away $100,000 that you pay for for the rest of your life. No not big deal. I. Has nothing to do with what I do for a living now. So, <laughs> But it was a good experience. I mean, I did it, so I may as well hang the thing up. Oh, but I also have – actually, I will show you this, Abe, because you'll like this. This sign above my – above there, can you see that? Yes, Mark Twain. That's a Mark – it's a Mark Twain quote. I smoke only in – I smoke in moderation only one cigar at a time. That, when I was growing up, was at the bar at my grandfather's house out east on Long Island. Oh, and he cool. – yeah, and when he passed away – I mean, my grandmother gave me a couple of things, but she, like, had it, like, wrapped up, and she said uh, – Grandpa said very specifically that I had to hand this to you personally. This is this is yours. And she said whenever you settle down and have a family, he wants you to have this in your little corner. Oh. And I was like, wow, that's – it was cool. So I finally have a little corner now, so that's and, where it goes. And then he gave the money to everybody else in the family. There was no money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had a nice big house. Died. My grandfather died, and all I got was this plaque. Yeah. Well, you know what? I heard a quote the other day uh, listening to a, a podcast that it was like, I made a lot of money in my life, and I'm going to spend it all. Like, I'm going to live the life I, I earned. And he kind of did that. He spent every last dime that he had. So. You know what? You know, 
it's really funny. I don't know who I, whether it was a comedian. I, I think it was uh, um, Mancia, um, whatever. But but you know, no, I think you're talking about David Brenner because I think that's where I heard it from. David Brenner I, said that. I think Mancia said it on stage too. He was talking about family okay. and, and people working hard their whole lives and depriving themselves as as parents, and they leave it all to their kids. And you know, he's like, you know, how does this make sense? You know, I mean, I, you know, I told my dad a long time ago, man, don't leave a dime. I really did. Enjoy it, right? I told him this when I was broke. <laughs> I mean, this is always wow. been my I mean, don't leave us a dime, man. Go burn it up. I mean, he's, he slaved away. You know, I mean, I, I ain't right. saying go be stupid, but go enjoy life, man. Do whatever right. it is you want to do. That's you know? that, I've told my dad that many times. Like, buy the car you want to drive. Like, you can. Buy, well, buy what you want. Like, do what, go where you want to go. Like, do I, that. Don't worry I don't about it. Until this day, my dad's ever gotten, like, a brand new car. He just doesn't do that. Like he'll get one that's two years old because he says, "Well, why am I going to spend the extra fifteen grand or whatever it is?" You know, you know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, they they came from a, a childhood of such like everything you're depraved of everything, right? Right. You're basically child labor growing up. So, well, yeah, and you had to, like he, you know, they they that's how he grew up. So yeah, I just tell him, man, enjoy it. And you know, knock on wood, you know, he had two boys. I've done pretty decent for myself. My brother's pretty established and well. I mean, what you worried about? Go burn it up. He won't. You don't know how, but you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. You're, he he doesn't know how. He doesn't he doesn't care to. He doesn't need. He doesn't He'll want. Spend it on his grandchildren. You know, I, I, he's very I, generous to his grandchildren. I know, and so I'm, let him do I'm, that. You know, if if you if you told him some of the things that we spend money on, even in this store, he would tell oh. you you were crazy. Like you know, dude. I when he, when, they, and, when they come to visit, I refuse. Like if we got to go to the grocery store to do a run to get some stuff. I refuse to go with him. I cannot go with him because shopping with him is mental and psychological torture. What are you doing? Yeah. It's two ninety nine for those it, grapes. Eh? All I hear is lemons, fifty nine cents. <laughs> Dude, what do you want me to do? Save a dime? It's going to cost me forty cents in gas. You know, I mean, it's torture. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, yeah, my dad's a similar similar kind of guy, but in the last couple of years, they've been they've been treating themselves, so well, I, I'm happy for it. Sometimes blessings come in weird ways. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, my dad really, really never knew how to enjoy himself, and part of why I ended up in Florida, really, because I was going to do the cigar business while I was in Chicago. I was working on a lease. I was never planning to come to Florida. Part of why I ended up coming to Florida because it was really hard to work with him. Right. You know, we were working for years together. I'm talking about like I would come out some days and he'd be on two, you know, you know, those uh, the, the milk crates, the stuff that gallons of milk come from. Yep. You know, two of them up turned upside down. And he's sitting in the aisle straining out cans of like corn and green beans, you know. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Go home. We got guys to do this. And right. he's like, what are you going to go home and do? I got a hobby. I got nothing to do to go home, you know. I mean, like, I worked four years without taking a vacation because I didn't know how to take a vacation because this guy wouldn't relax. You know, right. how am I going to go and relax? And my dad doesn't relax. You know, it's, it's it was really, really hard. And um, because of that, literally, is why I moved to Florida. And then, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, my dad, they, they found a tumor in his kidney once. And uh, luckily, he, he played. My dad was an avid racquetball player, and um, he thought it was a back pain. Yeah, he thought he hurt himself playing and. Finally, he went to go check, and they found a tumor like the size of a golf ball. Wow. And, you know, thank God they got it out. It didn't spread. Lost a little bit of a kidney. And he's been he's been clear ever since. But let me tell you something. After that happened, 
and you know, my dad's a hardcore guy. Like, you know, he told me, don't even come home. It's no big deal. You know, like never showed any sign of like, I'm worried or it's a big deal, but it was, cause I'm telling you after that happened, his whole thing in life changed. My dad started to make sure he took five, six trips a year. This dude's been everywhere now. He's been pheasant hunting in Argentina. Right. He's been to Vietnam. He's been, the, you know, he's been like all over the world. And he just, his whole outlook really, really changed after that. I mean, honestly, I hate to say it, but it's probably the best thing that had happened to him because his level of now, how much I need to really enjoy life changed dramatically after that. And it shouldn't right. have to take that, but that's what it took with, with him, you know? Whatever works, as long as he's happy and enjoying it. I mean, he, he seems like a happy guy. I'm yeah. sure he's not the he's not the same guy that he was when you were growing up, I'm sure, but he's a no, delight. And it's really funny because everybody talks about how nice and sweet he is. If I ever tell, <laughs> if I ever tell a story, like, no, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid and I would go to, like, take your child to work day, my um, – I would go to my dad's office and my dad was like a, a director at the time and became a vice president for his company. And he, I remember one of the women came in and she's like, it's just an honor to meet you because your father is my hero. And I'm like, what? I, you know, I'm like 10 years old. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, he never yells. He never gets angry at people. It's the people that work here just don't want to disappoint him. I'm like, wait, who I'm sorry, you is this the same father? This the same person that we're talking about? He saved it all for you when he got home. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's a different standard. Let me tell you something. My dad undoubtedly was probably one of the most popular uncles amongst all my cousins and everybody. Roger's the cool guy, he's the cool uncle, right? My dad, for many, many I'm almost 50 years old. This summer was the first time I took a vacation with my dad since I was 17. But he'll take trips with all my cousins. You know, he, he's like the coolest dad. He just, it just didn't, doesn't relate to kids because his responsibility wasn't raising them. It was raising his kids, you know, right, and, right. you know, you know, it was, it's just funny. It was, it's that old school mentality, you know, completely different human being. when it came to my brother and I, to how he related to everybody else in the world. Alex, oh, I, I enjoy knowing them now. Hmm? They want to know what your backdrop is. Oh yeah. You got to tell us. Independence Hall, Philadelphia. Birthplace of democracy, America. Oh, I've been there. Have you been there? Mm-hmm. Nice area. We do. We did a lot of trips down there as kids with both school and and my parents. Actually, we did a yeah, we did a bunch of historical trips. We did D.C. We did Philadelphia. Right. Well, that's what we would do as kids. You know, grades. We we'd go to D.C. Obviously, because we lived in Philly. So a trip in Philly wasn't really a trip. So our historical trips would be to D.C. That now outside of that is where the Liberty Bell is. Am I right? Yeah, a little bit down, like in the garden there. area or something. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. I, I that kind of stuff I love. I love going to to places like that and seeing the history. Did you break in your new house for Thanksgiving? No, we left and we went to my father in law's house in Charleston. Which was hard enough, to be honest, like leaving when there was construction going on and, and we had and we couldn't bring the dogs. And, and so I had to have a new dog sitter here. Our dog sitter canceled on us the day before Thanksgiving. Do you have to get a special sitter for your therapy dog? It's not. Are they it's qualified? Not a, Do they have to be like certified so they can handle the dog? As no, a but they have to be able to give her a pill. But I'll tell you what, it's one of the neighborhood girls here. She was six, 16, I think. 
and she came highly recommended and she came and visited us before and met the dogs and I made her give Nala her, her Prozac before and she did a great job. She was really good with them. And I had, I don't have all my, my security set up in the house, but I don't have like everything mounted where I want it. So I kind of just had like cameras like sitting on shelves all over the place. And I was like, don't let that freak you out. They're going to be in here anyway. But you know, I didn't set everything up exactly the way I want it yet. Cause we're still doing a little bit of construction. And uh, I was watching her. She, I mean, the dogs loved her. She came and hung out with the dogs. I don't have a fence yet, so you have to walk the dogs four times a day. Paul creepily watching someone on camera. How, like, not shocking. <laughs> are, you, are you just, like, resigned to that your dog is going to be on Pro, Prozac for the extent of its life? Yeah, she's five. She's laying right on my feet right now. You know, she's I, five. Think, I think they make support dogs now for dogs that need it. <laughs> well, I have two dogs. I already have two. I can't get any more. Actually, I have bunnies in the garage right now because my wife decided that since her sister is buying a bunny and apparently she can't buy them in Georgia, she went and bought them for her from a farmer. And now they're sitting on my garage floor that I paid all this money to, to get painted, crapping all over the garage floor. Like, and have we have them until Christmas. You have rabbits? I mean, is that what you... You have rabbits in your yard. There's two rabbits in cages, but they're they're support rabbits for the dog. They have a playpen too. No, Nala can't go near them. She'll kill them. It's just odd that he called them bunnies. I mean, do you call them? Well, they're babies. They're babies. They're this big. They're adorable, but okay, rabbits. I'm sorry. I have kids. That was your bunny coming out. Uh, The bunny. (laughs) (laughs) So, so you had you had the old fashioned traditional Thanksgiving. Yeah, we did. You did not, I heard. Both Alex and I did not. Thanksgiving. I may have had that Thanksgiving once or twice when I when you know people were away and stuff where I just got like Burger King or, or McDonald's or something. But where was your family, Alex, that you didn't well, it was just a crazy situation. We had plan A, B, C, D, and E fall through. So, you know, hey. Wawa's open. Nothing like a good old gobbler on on Thanksgiving. And it's uh, funny you know. we were on the phone and he was telling me this. He goes, "This is not enough." I said, "We're no better. We're having a hamburger right now." <laughs> like literally, yeah. we were. I barely ate any turkey, and we forgot the bag of turkey with our leftovers. So I really didn't have turkey at all for Thanksgiving, which I was a little upset by because it was a smoked turkey that I. It was very the one or two pieces that I had. You know, when you have when you have little kids. I don't know about you, Abe, but like they're little, like I'm trying to feed them and there's craziness and there were like 20 people there and like I barely ate. And that was the one thing I was looking forward to, welcome, stuffing my welcome, fat face. Welcome to fatherhood. Yeah, so, but it was fun. We had a good time. I told the kids this will be the Thanksgiving you'll always remember that you had hamburgers. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was, nice. it was different. It was nice. In St. Yeah. Augustine. Yeah, we were right. burnt. I was burnt. You know, I just needed to relax. And, you know, Thanksgiving is not relaxing. I mean, you know, no. everybody comes over. There's two days of people slaving in the kitchen and this big to do and yelling and screaming and then this big dinner. It's over in 10 minutes. And everybody's sitting around stuffed. And then there's like two days of clean. I just, I'm like, let's just get out of here. And we went to St. Augustine. And it was, other than the fact that we couldn't get a good meal anywhere in there, and there was a lot of good restaurants, you just couldn't get in. Yeah, uh, that's the problem. They don't take that. reservations. Yep. And the weights were uh, like absurd. Yep. So it was very hard to actually eat, but I mean, eat in a nice place. But um, we had a good time. We relaxed. We had fun. Didn't. And normally when I travel, my wife will tell you because it drives her nuts. 
I got everything on an agenda. Restaurants we're going to eat, where we're going to go, time frames. You know, I mean, it's something you, it's a playbook. You make adjustments along the way, but I got some kind of structure going. I didn't do a thing. And we just played it all by ear. And it was just kind of a nice little trip. We had fun and we came home. It was simple. And we Did got you take the kids to the chocolate factory or the ice house or any of that stuff. Do any tours? Ghost we did tours a couple. Or... We went to Ripley's. We saw the old jailhouse. We did the yeah. pirate thing. Um, but we didn't want to work. It was just kind of like, hey, you want to do this? Let's go. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. It was nice. It was relaxing. We had a good time. And I got to experience Bucky's. Holy shit, Bucky's. I love it. I We just were there. We, I had bought a hat. I they was not in they here. should do yeah. a doctoral thesis on that operation. <laughs> I mean, it's no, mind, mind, mind. No semi trucks allowed. I noticed the other day. I didn't realize that. I don't know why that is, but they don't want unbelievable. They don't want them sleeping there, probably. Yeah, I guess so. That place is amazing. I have to say, our friend from Texas, which is where Bucky started, she would tell us about Bucky's all the time. What an and operation! And you know what's yeah. funny is, you know, my kids are all like, "Why? Why is there one by us?" Well, I'll tell you why there's one, not one by us, because you need like you know, hundred acres of land. Yeah, know? yeah. You can't just put a Bucky's anywhere you want. You know, you need like half an airport, you know, <laughs> to put a Bucky's in there. But what an operation. It's really funny how life's like that. Never heard of it until 30 days ago. One of our socialites in the Smoking Facebook group sends us this awesome care package. Had no idea what it was. And 30 days later, I'm standing in a Bucky's. Well, it was the crew of guys that came down. Yeah. Yeah, the Phoenix. The Phoenix yeah. crew. Yeah. The Phoenix lounge guys. But yeah, I mean, and then 30 days later, I'm actually standing in one. The food oh. is decent there. The I, listen, I, the bathrooms are immaculate. Immaculate. Private, the private bathroom, stall, the bathroom, stalls. The bathrooms alone are about the size of a Wawa. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. and then the, the individual stalls are like separate rooms. They have no like you don't see under the floor. No, they're, they're real doors. Yeah. Person, oh. What's funny? What's in immaculate? So what's funny is one of my daughters has got to go to the bathroom, and. Um, I'm, I see the sign for Bucky's. You know, it's 40 miles away. I'm like, can you hold it? Well, how yeah. long? 40 miles? Eh, 15 minutes. Yeah, I can. So, <laughs> the you know, way Abe drives. So wait, we pull up in there, and my wife sees this huge place. I mean, it's like Disneyland, and everybody's in there. And my wife literally looks at me and goes, "You made our daughter wait to go to the bathroom to bring her to the busiest place in the universe." <laughs> <laughs> literally, what she says to me. And we we come out there we're like, babe, I could have taken her to a better place. Right. I mean, yeah. there was no wait. There was like you could put five hundred people in that bathroom, and it was immaculate. immaculate. That that those bathrooms are close to the square footage of one half, like half of your Boynton store. I would say bigger. maybe maybe that no, yeah, maybe bigger. that front store area. It, they're huge, huge, huge. You could you could you couldn't have, you couldn't have to wait to use the bathroom if your life depended on. It. No, it's, no, it's amazing. They they got a great operation, man. You know, my funny, kids love the little Bucky. My kids made me stop it stop at it on the way back. Of yeah. course. Of it's course. a destination. Yeah. Very cool stuff. So we have very we have a very special guest on KMA today. Um it could be I think it's the first one of these she's ever done, just so you know. Like I was talking to her yesterday. She said she never does these ever. You know, and I, I'm gonna tell you why, and I don't know why not, because this woman has probably one of the most colorful histories in this business. Um the cigars coming out of her factory are some of the most acclaimed cigars, and we have become some of the most sought-after brands in this business. Right. Epic. Epic. Yeah. And the fact that you may even say this name, and if there's anybody in the cigar verse who doesn't recognize it, is really, really unjust, because uh, her story needs to be told and needs to be out there, because the operation, the history, everything about the whole thing is really amazing. So we're, 
we were very excited when she agreed to come on KMA. In fact, we actually talked to her about it. Like, when were we down there? It'd be what? August. Yeah. August. Yeah. And we and we finally coordinated. So uh, let, let's let's do the intro and bring her on, Paul. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. For the first time on KMA, maybe the first time on any social media cigar podcast, we are pleased to welcome Sandy Kobas from El Titan de Bronze. Sandy, welcome to KMA. Ruh-roh. Ruh-roh. Sandy, can you hear me? I think we're having an issue with the hearing. Isn't that fun? Sandy, can you hear me? No. Uh, that's Tommy, can you hear me? Oh. I don't hear you. You can hear us? No? Okay. No, I don't hear you. You're like mumbling. Well, that's Paul. Hold on a second. That's yeah, that's just the way I that's just the way I speak. <laughs> I'm gonna Maybe. kick I'm gonna take her out and it's we'll bring like her right back in. Jumble. Maybe her speed isn't enough there, Paul. Maybe. Well, I the Wi Fi wasn't wasn't working right, so I had her uh jump in jump back out i'm gonna have her reconnect now sandy's an amazing right. but you could tell you know not on the edge of technology and we were old school if you ever been old, old, it was working no, perfect yesterday we tested it for a good 25 minutes yesterday uh but i'm getting on now hold give me one second i'll be right back talk amongst yourselves i'm sure. actually i'm actually smoking well I don't have we. I don't think Alex, we've broken the story about the 25th anniversary cigar. I mean, we we really we, haven't. We told everybody that you know Drew Estate's been involved, but we haven't broken the story. I mean, you think it's too early to break it, or might as well? I mean, this is as good timing as any. So. I mean, we might as well, right? So, if you're watching KMA Talk Radio, you're gonna get a little snippet. We had a 25th anniversary cigar that we started working on last year. I think it was last year. Yeah, yeah. last year, and. Um, we were working on it with the fine folks at Drew Estate and Willie Herrera, and uh, our 25th anniversary cigar is actually a tribute to my father. It's called the Raji, and it was rolled <laughs> at the El Titan de Bronze factory. Um, it was very, very cool. Earlier this summer, um, my father came in, and we kind of did a little mini documentary. We drove down to the factory, met with Willie and Sandy, saw the cigars there. Um, it was a pretty wild experience, and I think it's, it's so cool to have had this cigar be made at such a historic place. And I'm telling you, you know, you hear about it. I know Alex, like myself, you hear about it because Alex went down. We had some filming crew, and you hear about this factory. And, you know, anytime you hear something that you don't physically see, you always develop, uh, you know, you have your own, like, image of what it is. And you get down there, sure. holy, holy cow. It was a really, I mean, the, the, the amount of cigars they put out of there. Okay, I think we're good. Amazing. Uh, Sandy, you just need to unmute yourself, and you're good. There yeah, she yeah. is. There, there we go. There I am. Hi. Right. Hey. <laughs> Thank you. For Sandy, welcome. Introduction. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's my first time doing this, okay? And that's because of age. <laughs> no, listen, this is great. And I was just, before, while you guys were working on that, I was just sharing with them 
we've never told anybody. We, we've been talking about the 25th anniversary cigar that we were working on. We never really told anybody the full story. So we finally broke the news of where it was made. And we were talking about our little trip down to your factory. And that was the first time I'd been there and you got to meet my father. We sat, we had lunch yes. together. And that was the first time that I had met Sandy, read about her, knew about the factory for, for many, many years. And we spent a good part of the day there. And then I'm like, wow, this is such a great story. We need to get you on, on, on KMA Talk Radio. And that was back in August. Oh. We're finally glad you made it on. Um, any one of our listeners who don't know your story, doesn't know about your factory, I think they're going to be in for a doozy today. <laughs> I'm always a doozy. <laughs> More stories. It's, it's amazing. Why don't you start by telling yeah. what you did before you got in Because you had a very successful long career before you even got in the cigar business. Yes, I've had a lot of careers. I've always been in business, entrepreneur all the time. And um, when we moved from Jersey, um, which I'm a Jersey girl, when um, we moved from New Jersey, I didn't know what to do because everything was so different. So I got involved, very dear friend of my parents got involved in the liquor business. And it's so funny because I don't drink or smoke. And it was really like a boutique, very beautiful baskets and cognacs and, and the whole thing. And we were very successful and I needed cigars. I would have customers come and you have cigars, you have cigars. You couldn't get a cigar with that boom with anybody. I would come to see Ernie, um, Mike's cigars on the beach. Well, you couldn't get anybody, Camacho, nobody. And then I says, what the hell? I'm gonna get me a roller and this is a 2,500 square feet cigar, um, you know, liquor store and i'm gonna put a little spot and i'm gonna make my own cigars well great you know i, I was all excited to do my own cigars and i had a, a very steady customer every friday would come in and he was an undercover for atf and i didn't even know it and i said look look how beautiful i have now i can have cigars people were buying cigars and he goes sandy you can't do this says, what do you mean i can't do this i have you don't have a license says, you i have a license alcohol, tobacco, firearms. He goes, no, that's just for liquor, not making cigars. I go, oh boy, now uh. I got a problem. Oh God, this is gonna cost my divorce. And it really did. Oh wow. But what can I tell you, right? That's life. And um, I said, okay. So they helped me and I was able to get my license and um, I love the business. Um, my signs are tourists, the bull, I have to have control and um i vary to earth and tobacco and just making things by hand i have to use my hands i have to see things and um very successful then my dad and then willie and giselle when we came down from new jersey willie's a basketball player and giselle course cheerleading and um very successful and he started working with us and he's a very dear friend, Gary Arts, that passed away a while back, said, damn, I come in here and Willie's always sitting, you're busting your ass <laughs> working and Willie's just sitting inventing and doing blends because he loves to smoke and he loves to blend. And that was it. And we started, you know, wow, a while back already, it's going to be 25 years. And then um, Willie got an offer he couldn't resist, still family and Jonathan Oh, you went, went through. You went too fast. Yeah. Hold on. So, Willie, just so people don't know, no, Willie Herrera is your son-in-law. 
Yeah, Willie's my son-in-law. I get all excited when I talk about it. It's okay. I'm here to help you out. Willie's your son-in-law, and he was helping you with your the fact that you started doing yes. blends. Where did, where did, yeah, when he was in high school, yeah. Where did Willie get his intuition to start blending tobacco and learning how to blend tobacco? Playing here. All these tobaccos that I used to, you know, buy from Oliva, Eduardo, um, Reyes, and he would sit and blend and smoke. And started, and then, of course, Willie likes a stronger smoke. My dad liked a milder smoke. So that's when we started into um, getting into fuller, you know, body more cigars. But Willie was here with us from the beginning. And then, like I told you, he got an offer he couldn't resist with Jonathan. And I said, go for it. We're family. Yeah, so Will, Jonathan, saw Jonathan saw something there in Willie and basically, you know. Yeah. No, 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 no. Willie has the palate. He might not talk too much because he's not a talker. But um, when it comes to cigars and the the flavor, it's not all the cigar. He's very into detail. He knows exactly like the font. He'll go, no, this is from Italy. This is from Jalapa. This is from, you know, all over. He's he's very good and very picky and um, successful. Very successful. The Jerefeli line um, has quite a few number one cigars and um, ratings. And um, and I stayed. Everybody thought, oh, poor Sandy. Willie has left. Poor Sandy's going to be by yourself now. And um, no, I stayed. I stayed and stayed successfully. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, I don't Moving think you're along just fine. Yeah, I don't think you're going anywhere. So, Sandy, when you started your factory, you started making your own brands, right? That's how yes. you started. You were selling your own brands and you were selling the people had come down and and, and, little, and little Havana and Cayocho. And I, you know, I think at one point you were trying to, you guys were putting, trying to get them in retail stores in Florida. Yeah. Retail stores. I, I think quite a bit. We were in, in quite a few stores, but then it got to the point where I was in stores, but then I was starting to get calls to make cigars for other companies. And that's when I first launched a big company, which was with La Polina Cigars. This is the and cigar. This is the cigar you gave me off the rolling table when I was visiting. That is, I can't even see it's what is the Goldie. Oh yes, the Goldie. That was the first cigar that um, I could say put us on the map. Goldie was after Bill Paley's um, grandmother. It was called Goldie. And um, it was a big hit. Courtney Smith was with them back then. And um, her and myself together got to um, do different things. And then I was very, very lucky, which a lot of people do not, oops, um, a lot of people don't know was um, Maria Sierra was the one that um, worked in El Aito many years. Now, this is, you have to remember, some of our consumers don't know all of the story. So this was an extremely talented and famous woman that worked in the famous El Aguito factory in Cuba for many years. How did yeah. you end up but, having her role in your factory? 
Well, the thing was with Maria is um, a lot of people didn't really didn't know about El Laito. El Laito, let me tell you a little story about El Laito. Before, females never rolled cigars. They would band and they would devain, but they never rolled. Men only rolled. So when the revolution um, came into Cuba, Castro's right hand, which was Celia Sanchez, she's the one with the Beretta coming next to him down in the tanks in Havana, females to roll cigars. She wanted them to get out and work like any female that's a revolutionist that wanted to get out and work. So she went to the most exclusive area in Cuba called El Laguito, which in English means the lake. And she went to this beautiful, I think she was Italian countess's home. And she told the countess, um, you know, I like the house, pack up and goodbye. And we're going to make this a factory. And of course, Castro is not going to turn her down after she helped him so much. So um, they opened the factory with, and they were looking for 30 young girls that never rolled cigars and were going to be taught by Castro's personal roller. So you could just believe, picture at that time all the young girls that wanted to work. The lines were really long, Maria said. And there she goes. So such a sweetheart. She passed, but um, she's still here in our hearts. And um, she was unbelievable, very humble. She worked in El Laguito. She was picked, one of the 30 girls that were picked. And she worked in El Laguito 32 years. She would be sent all over the world, um, all the festivals. She was excellent in the lanceros, which are super hard to make. And people don't know this story. La Laguito was famous for its fan, the fan. It had a little fan on it, not a little pigtail, a little fan. It looked like a fan. And then Maria said, can I make a fan? I said, yeah, whatever you want. I'm 32 years in the most famous factory in the world. I mean, that's where Castro's cigars were made for him and his entourage. That's when the story went um, They were going to blow up um, Castro with the... Um, I mean, I, not Castro, yeah, something Castro or Kennedy, one of those, because they would get cigars from there. And um, the 30 young girls, they were like handpicked. The security was very tight. That's how come you, you, not that many people know about it because it's not like party, it's a corona. You have a tour and you see, no, this you cannot get in at all. And, and, just, um, and just so we're clear, this was the first, this was the inaugural and basically only class of 30 women that were trained by Fidel yes, Fuller. that's it. And that's it. And they passed, each one would pass. And and it was, those were the 30 females that started the industry where females started rolling cigars. But in the Laguito, only those 30 young girls would roll. And that the Cohiba was Castro's blend. That's why it was when it was commercialized, everybody went crazy over it, but that was his blend. So um, she was one day, I was able, very fortunate to get her. One day her daughter came in and says, on a Saturday, you know, my mom's coming from Cuba and she's only rolled cigars all her life. Do you think you could use her here to do something? And I said, well, where did she work? You know, being in Little Havana, you get a lot of Cubans asking for work, the rollers. And, and she goes, El Laguito. And I says, the Laguito? I mean, you don't get anybody from there. And she says, yeah, I go, how long? She goes, 32 years ago. Damn, she has a job. <laughs> don't right? worry. As soon as wow. she comes, she has a job. So um, she worked with me seven years. And the launching 
was when she said when um, Gary Arts is passing by her table and he's a Lancero smoker. And when he saw the fan and he saw the Lancero, he says, oh, you got a new role. I says, oh my God, you're not gonna believe this lady, blah, 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 you know, I got all excited. And then he gets on the phone and calls Bill Paley. And at the time, cause he, I, don't, I think he worked for Bill, he knew Bill because he was an attorney in New York. He knew the Paley family. I didn't know who they were. And he gets on the phone and he goes, Bill, you got to get down here. And Bill goes, why? And he told him the story about Maria and the whole thing. And Bill says, I'll be down in two weeks. And um, he flew in and he smoked the Lancero and he just went berserk. And that's where the fan came in because the story about the fan is in Castro never used a cutter. He used to either yank it with his teeth or clip it with his finger. And that's where the fan comes in. Anybody in Cuba or anywhere sees that fan or say, ah, that's a roller from El Laguito because they wow. were the ones that used to do that. Not now many that, people know that story. Our listeners aren't sure what fan she's talking about. It's a little, it's... um Right. If, you, if they've gotten a Goldie, what it is instead of the pigtail being all curled up, they take the ends of the tobacco and they open it up like a fan. I'm getting like a picture of it. They yeah. Twist it. Yeah, you twist it, you twist it, and then you flatten it, and then you cut it. But it it's it it comes opens like this. It opens like a fan. It doesn't open like you know little pigtail. That's how he wanted it, and that's how it was. And um, all the pretty, goldies. Pretty finished. Yeah, there it is. See, that's what it is. And then um, when. Bill, this was my first big account was Bill Paley. So then um, since we're girls and, you know, we wanted she's a female roller and I'm a female in the man's industry, really, because there's, this is really a man's industry. And then um, Courtney also um, was involved in it. So all us girls put our heads together and we decided to do it. And then Bill did a card saying in honor of the females in the industry. And that's where the Goldie became the Goldie. And Maria used to do the Goldie completely. Um, six, five days, six days, however she could work, she would do the Goldie exclusively. That was Maria and she was the Goldie. And we used to have, um, and it, we did the first Goldie, I think it was like 10,000 cigars in them. And that was for Bill personally. And it went like in, in no time where he asked for more and then it became then we be, he began the line of the Goldie. And every year it's a special cigar. Maria, when she started getting sick, she did teach three people how to make it because before she would not teach anybody. I don't blame her. And um, she now we have Angela and we have other people that'll do it. But she started at a very young girl and um, she has she brought me pictures. She was in Hong Kong, Germany, and all the festivals. And um, she knew all the elites of the elite in um, Cuba because she rolled for them. And um, it's a beautiful story, you know, a female in the industry. It's a very pretty roller a story, like I said, is a roller by the name of Maria being um, so humble and shy. And then her hands were like amazing amazing how she would and then if you go touch her cigar she would look at you like 
You know, you know what you really got to be happy and proud about? Because I'm going to tell you something. Here's a woman from a young age that got recruited. She developed probably at the top of her game, this artisan skill. And she was in a country that she was never allowed to be recognized. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah, it's that, amazing. I think it's amazing that she had the opportunity true. to come work for you. And through Bill Paley and his project, the world yeah. got to know who she was. And she was recognized yeah. for this lifetime of real true artisan skill. And I, that's the best part of this whole story for me. To, yeah. That, that before that, she passed, she got to experience the recognition that she deserved. Yes. That's one of the things, too. She was very happy because she felt so proud. People would come in with the boxes and have them sign them and autograph I. AP came and did a story on her. Reuters did a story on Then now everybody knew who Maria was. And that made her very happy. Um, they launched one of the cigars and she was flown into New York. Bill flew her into New York. Wow. That's, a great, that's a great photo right there. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> did we lose you, Sandy? She probably froze up. How many people attended the, the event? It was um, unbelievable, unbelievable how she was she was recognized and very proud of what she did. And I was happy because she was happy and um, that I had her. And she loved flowers. And then once a week, we always had roses and we would pick the roses. And it's just, you see, the cigar industry is a very... Um, family-oriented business. It's not so, it's not corporate. Everybody gets to know everybody and everybody gets to help everybody and, um, and being recognized for what they do. That's the important thing. Sometimes you work years and years and you get a watch at the end of 30 years or whatever in the hell with it. With the cigar industry, you always keep in touch. Um, you have the old timers come in and sit and smoke with you and talk about how it used to be and how it's now. And it's, um, it's very, uh, I love this industry. Lou I mean, Lou everyone Rothman. is very, um, to me, very humble, very um, natural. They're not like artificial. <laughs> and um, I could have Jonathan hang out here. Like I could have Eduardo Fernandez um, Ernesto Carrillo, Pepin, Jaime, you know, it's a very um, beautiful family-oriented personalized business to me. It is. Lou Rothman used to always say, this is the That's only how, industry. You know, I only, see the industry. This is the only industry, really, where you could see somebody by their first name and everybody knows who you're talking about. If you say Sandy, you know who you're talking about. If you see, people know who you're talking about. Now I can't about. hear you. Oh, we lost your sound. We'll, we'll, we'll get it back after the break. But Lou used to always say that, you know, it's really the only industry where you can really just say somebody's first name and everybody kind of knows who's being talked about. And it's true. Right. Although Abe Flores might beg to differ, but I still consider myself the only. I think Abe. we're having problems with the mic. Not a problem, yeah. Sandy. We're going to go to a break and I'll come back. We're going to go to a break right now. We're going to be more in hour two. We got season three of Tale of the Tape coming on the end. We're going to have more with Sandy Kobaz. And also, as the record spins, don't go anywhere, folks. Keep it lit. Oh, wait. I'm not ready. It's all right. <laughs> Take a long break. Play a few commercials so we can get Sandy back on. Here we go. Surgeon General Warning. 
Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Currently available at your favorite cigar store, the Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua is another fantastic collaboration between AJ Fernandez and Rafael Nadal. Landing a number one cigar of the year of 2020 by Cigar and Spirits magazine, the Reserva Real Nicaragua is handcrafted at Tabaculera AJ Fernandez. This Nicaraguan Puro is a medium to full body cigar that is packed to the brim with flavor notes of leather, coffee, and red pepper, which pairs nicely with a spiced rum. Available in four sizes, Romeo y Julieta returned to prestigious form with the Reserva Real Nicaragua that should be enjoyed by all. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Honest Abe here, smoking cigars. It's that time of year again, the great smoke. For over a decade and a half, we've been hosting one of the country's biggest cigar bashes where aficionados from all over the world would trek to South Florida for a four-day extravaganza. In 2019, we themed our event for the first time, 70s Disco, Can You Dig It? And it was one of the biggest events we ever had. And we look forward to the very next one. Unfortunately, the world was hit by a pandemic and cigar events and functions were being canceled all over the country. Our team was poised with the question, what do we do? Do we cancel the event? Do we do a half-cocked event and just get by? No, instead we put on our thinking caps and put on one of the most epic seven-hour virtual events that was enjoyed by thousands and viewed by tens of thousands of people all over the world. Our event in 2021, the digital experience, forever changed how these types of events will be done. So this year, for the first time in 2022, the Great Smoke, the Last Luau, will be both an in-live and virtual event experience. We had hundreds of people who contacted us early this year telling us how much they enjoyed our virtual event this year, how they had never participated in one of these mega events because they were unable to take time off for work and travel and come down. So this year, we're going out of our way so that people can enjoy the event in their own home as they did earlier this year and also do it in live. Michael Hercox of Ferio Tego Cigars and Kim Keeney will be returning in 2022 to reprise their roles as co-hosts for The Great Smoke. As we did earlier this year for the first time, we have worked with select manufacturers to make very limited TGS releases. We got Aganor Salif, Espinosa Cigars, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, Room 101, and ADV cigars. They will each be making a very limited run of TGS edition cigars, exclusively ticket holders for The Great Smoke. There will be a series of special virtual events between the end of November and the beginning of February where all these TGS limited releases will be offered prior to The Great Smoke event. So you will need to get your ticket in advance to be eligible to get into the very special TGS virtual store to participate in these events prior to the Great Smoke date. As always this year, we're going to have a very special dinner hosted by the Red Meat Lovers Club and special guest Steve Saka from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. This is going to be a last luau feast like you've never seen before, and all attendees will get a very limited RML, it's Red Meat Lovers Cigar, made by Steve Saka just for this event. So what do you have to do to participate? Go to thegreatsmoke.com, secure your ticket, which will get you the last luau party back. Now, whether you're virtual or coming live, everyone will get the same epic package. This is the most epic Great Smoke package we've ever made in the history of this event. Almost $450 worth of swag and 40 premium cigars that will either be delivered to your door or handed to you the day of the event. 
As always, during the Great Smoke, we'll have mega raffles and prizes, and whether you're at home or there live in person, everyone who gets a ticket is automatically entered. The event dates are February 24th through February 27th, with the main event being February 26th. And whether you're there in person or live watching at home, we're going to have five special virtual sessions and interaction with what's going on in the event floor, so you can actually see what people and what things are going on as the event is happening. Tickets go on sale this Friday, November 12th, noon Eastern Standard Time. I urge everyone out there to get their tickets early. They'll let you participate in all the pre-virtual events we're going to have with the manufacturers who made limited releases, and it'll secure your ticket because our feeling this will be the most epic year ever as far as ticket sales and how fast they'll go. To get your tickets and for more information, go to www.thegreatsmoke.com. The last luau, baby, because this will be the last luau you'll ever need to go to. Peace. got me <laughs> this is uh kind of where i come to take my breaks uh, to get away from honest abe the solitude in this room is amazing a great cigar a great glass of wine from our friends at bonner private wines you know right now bonner private wines has a three-pack sampler of malbecs that you should really check out you know some of the some of the vineyards are so high that the grapes are under so much stress but the fruit is filled with so much flavor. There's no additives to it. It goes great with a nice cigar. Argentinian Malbec, the original strand of Malbec. And listen, we can give you a deal. We got. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh. I, I just got your text. I apologize. I hope I didn't leave you waiting. I mean, but you've been in here a while, if you can. I, no, thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. Don't worry. It's just the. It's medical. It's medical. See, you can try this sampler. It's great. Please take my word for it. Go to kmawines.com. You'll get a discount on shipping. You'll get a discount on the package. And then you'll even get a discount if you like it on the Wine of the Month Club. And there's other packages that you can buy. But our friends at Bonner Private Wines, they make a great glass of wine. It really is awesome. And KMA listeners get the discount. So why not try it out? What are you doing? You've been waiting for a new commercial. I've been hiding out in here. Someone put a camera in here. Let's go. KMAWines.com. I'll be back in a few minutes, Abe. But guys, guys, seriously, can we get a courtesy flush or something in here? Jesus, people. You're ridiculous. Animals.
a break that was. First off, I got to tell you, that commercial was done last night. <laughs> it would have never happened probably if it wasn't for Alex. So bravo, but kudos. First, I'm saying to myself, where the fuck did this guy go to film this? Where they let him smoke a cigar inside some, somebody's bathroom. And then as soon as I saw Alex, I realized what you boys did. Very clever. You thought I was a real go-getter for a minute. Very, very, very clever. Very, <laughs> very good commercial. Very good commercial. And how about that Agonorsa anniversario drop? Four days away, people. If you want a chance at this box and you plan on being involved in the Great Smoke this year, you got to get your TGS ticket prior to that event. You need to be a ticket holder to get in the special TGS store that we've created for just for our TGS year. Where right. That box will be sold during our live virtual little mini TGS event that we're going to have this coming Wednesday between 7 and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That product sale will go live. 500 boxes made. Grab it. It's a great cigar, and the Fatola is killer. And as you can see, this is going to be the most epic year of, of TGS swag. Check out this, this backpack. Ooh. Look at that. This is this is pretty cool. And there's, there's a whole bunch of awesome Hawaiian-themed swag this year that everybody's going to get. Pretty cool stuff. So It looks great. Oh, yeah. We've air freighted everything. Um, yes, we did. We've air freighted everything. Make sure it all gets here on time, unlike our advent calendars. Um, that's just uh, that story just becomes more depressing by the day. That is, is there no update? Yeah, the container's been off the boat and in a facility now for ten days, and they're huh. they're waiting for an appointment where they can come and open the container take all the stuff out of the container and then load it on the trucks to be shipped. And it's been 10 or 12 days now. Oh my God. Wasn't, weren't they originally supposed to arrive in August? August. We had all the manufacturers make sure they had all their cigars here by August. Cause we wanted to spend all of September taking our time, packing them all and putting them on sale in October. So they could all get shipped out between October and November. So that by December 1st, anybody who really wanted one would have one by December 1st. So, and the problem is these things are taking up so much space in the warehouse. Forget the, the, the boxes aren't even here. It's just the cigars and the packing material that we're packing these boxes in is taking up so much room that, I mean, I kind of made a decision. I told Alex about when we finally get them here and we do drop them, whatever it is, we're just going to sell them at a, you know, a discounted price just to get them out the door because we need the room. We got to start packing great smoke stuff. The cigars have become a nuisance in the warehouse because yes. there's so many of them. There's nowhere to, to put them. Listen, not just the cigars. The boxes that we bought to specially fit this advent calendar are on like six pallets. Right. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a really nightmare. And for something that we really had started last September to be put in this situation, and, and, and it was all done by a calculated error from the shipper, because we had specifically asked for it to come to the port of Miami. We knew the shipping cost extra to come to Miami. We were more than happy to pay for it. And they either thought they were going to be slick and ended up, you know, figuring they'll save the money and have it shipped to Long Island, or they made an anonymous mistake. Either one, I don't care. It affected us the same way. But you know that you say that it's funny because it just, I realized, because I remember mentioning 
it to you and you were like, no, man, our stuff's coming to Miami. We don't have this issue. And I'm going to tell you why I think it was, it was done on purpose because we literally asked him a hundred times. You sure you sent it to Miami? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the delay and the delay and the delay and delay. And finally I had called another guy who does importing for us. And I said, can you find out about this package or whatever? So I had to get the bill of lading from him. When I asked him the bill of lading, that's when he confessed or came up with the story. Somebody made a mistake. It went to Long Island. Oh, really? You've been telling me it's off the coast of Miami for the last two weeks. Right. So we got screwed. What are you going to do? Can't cry over spilled milk. In the end, the consumers will get the benefit from them because we're going to price these to kind of really move them out as quickly as possible. Plus, I have an idea. I have an idea. <laughs> I'm glad somebody's got I just, an idea. I just came up with an idea. <laughs> so I think we talked about everything we had to talk about in the break. Paul, new commercial. Check. Um, in fact, we should just do that, Alex. We should make sure that Paul shows up at least once a month to do a KMA meeting and just make him do the commercial right then and there. You know, I, I have to say while he's not here, the one, I'm, I'm kind of like you and things, and I like to have things right and perfect and set up. And all Paul kept saying was, God, I've never taken this long to shoot a commercial. I've never taken this long. It's never oh, taken course. me this long. Of course. Of course. But it came out good. It came, it came out, out good. Great. It came out great. Great. Yeah, I mean, you had me for well, so we we Paul Paul schedule. You know, we've been we've been doing. We always had KMA meetings here, and then obviously during COVID, we started doing KMA meetings like this because we like to have a pre-show meeting just to get our game plan, what we want to talk about. And Paul scheduled a in-person KMA meeting yesterday, which Paul has done about three or four times and have never shown up. So this meeting was supposed to be at six, and Alex and I said, "You know, this guy's not showing up." So I, I think I left about what six forty, you know, almost six thirty. Yeah, you were kind of shot anyway. I was thinking, yeah, around. I'm like, showing up. I left, but I guess he must have showed up after I left. So that's, he I did. Think he showed up. I think that's what we got to do. Uh, Credit with, to him. The con the concept was his. Oh, his Broadway flair comes through when he wants it to. It just doesn't do it. You know, I don't think if I threatened that he had to pay a hundred dollars to charity, he probably still would have done it. Well, I mean, like you said, it was done last night, so. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> <laughs> free cigars. Free cigars will clear the warehouse. We only knew how much we had in cigars sitting. Twenty five thousand cigars are sitting there. Been Look, sitting there since August. You know, it's funny because we we estimated, uh, you know, two to three years we'll we'll need a bigger warehouse. Uh, it's a month later. We need a bigger warehouse. It's insane. It literally, I was there, you know, we were there yesterday. It's insane. How we doing? Is she, there she is. Here I am back. Miss America. Sandy, we have a special episode. It's called As the Record Spins. It's sponsored by Avo Cigars. Our good friend over at Avo, his name is Eddie Guerra. He has a question that he asks our guests every week, and Eddie has a question specifically for you this week. So we're going to run this segment. question Eddie wanted to ask you. I think you may have already answered it in the show, but what was the single greatest turning point for you in your career in the cigar industry? 
Wait, hold up, hold up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Still having a problem. Oh my god. Okay. There you are. Now, what was the question? I'm sorry. What was the single greatest turning point for you in your career in the cigar industry? What was the greatest turning point? Yeah. What point do you think that you really? was the big turn for you when you after you started your factory oh, there's so many great points is um manufacturing getting in it was like getting involved with um the um producers the tobacco people that supply right now i was really excited when i saw aganosa eduardo um <laughs> Do you think that Goldie? Biggest turning point. Do you think that doing the Goldie really what put your factory on the map? Oh no, the goal as to launching. How excited! Oh, the Goldie. Yeah. Do you think your project? It it really puts you on the map. That's my baby. (laughs) Now that was the the first. Was that the turning point? That was the first cigar you had made for a manufacturer other than yourself. Now, how many how many manufacturers have you worked with making cigars? Well, the Goldie and then Warp came along, Kyle. General. And, um, well, Drew Estates, of course. Drew Estates, General Cigars. Didn't also, make- we're doing that. I was very proud of that because um, it, was, it was something special because of Willie, the family. It had his name. Yeah. That was, um, that was very special. And it is still special. I guess everybody's special to me. Right. Um, and, and you did a big project. You, you did a big project everybody. with General this year, didn't you? Oh, yes. Yes. That's a biggie. Wow. That's the Cohiba. That was also, you see, everything's very exciting for me because um, Cohiba made in Cuba is famous, but now you have Cohiba Cubans making them in Miami. Damn, that 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 says a lot. That's, that's pretty cool. Also, so we have just just to, just to put your factory in perspective for our listeners, okay? How many cigars? You you told me when I was there, but how many cigars do you produce a year? We're very limited. When you're when you're saying limited, I mean if people come in here and see what we do, they can't even believe how in this space we do what we do. Honestly, that's incredible. It, it's incredible the. Um, the amount of cigars that we produce and um the quality and in such a tight space people will come in here and think it's a big huge factory and um it's <laughs> it's not so when we say limited it's really limited would you would you say that in what you paul you're on mute would you say that in what you produce in a year a larger factory produces probably in less than a month a day, probably. <laughs> I, didn't want to go, I didn't want to go that far, but yeah, even a day. So when, when we were told by Drew Estate for our 25th anniversary cigar, the Raji, that we were going to be able to have you and your people make it at the El Titan de Bronze factory. And, you know, our, that run is 15,000 cigars. And when you think about how limited you are, I can't tell you what an honor it was to be able to have that cigar made it such a historic factory. And I know I thanked you then. I'm going to thank you again now. But uh, we're 
we're super excited for that cigar. We're going to have, um, we're, we're trying to get in with this year and it just, you know, our timing and everything's been crazy, but we're going to release uh, this very special cigar in a major way um, early next year after the Great Smoke, probably sometime in uh, late March, early April. So stay tuned to all our fans. This is going to be an epic release for us, our organization and the, company. And the thing, too, is I met your dad. It's a beautiful story. The son honoring his dad. You see, everything has a story. And that's what makes it so um, beautiful for me to be able to be part of this and be able to share what the love you have for your father and your family and make a cigar just for him. He He's a sweetheart. And he loved us. It was so funny. He had such a good time. We did. We spent the whole day there. Easy. The whole thing. Yes. He, and um, it, it was an honor for me to meet you also because I remember when with the Goldie or other cigars that are limited, I would call, I would call your store and ask you, oh, do you have any boxes left? Because I don't sell what we make for other companies. I've never done that. I respect that um, the retailers work hard, have shelves full of cigars, and I honor that part. I will not sell what we make for other rollers. But when people come in, I do refer them to stores that have. And your store, it was always one of them that um, I would send them. I would call and say, here, you could go, and they'll have it. They'll hold it for you, just like um, Caesar Cross Street, other stories that we um we respect and we help with um product because you carry our product because if you don't carry our product we wouldn't be here so that to me is an honor too to get to meet you i heard a lot of good things about you you. but um to physically meet you and um now you have that feel now you know what you're like now i know what you like and um you see us in action you can walk into your humidor and say, oh, I want to try my cigar. Get a headache, go in there, get whatever cigar you want. You try it and you like it. So that's the, the close-knit that we have with the people we make. We're really limited on who we make because I really have to like you to make a cigar for you. I have to have a vibe. Like um, your family to us. And um, I've turned a lot of good people down too. But um, I have to really like you. I have to get excited about what I'm doing for you. And um, that, I guess, comes out to be something good with the blending and the, and the whole process of aging the cigar properly. We'll try it every so often. And um, we have a lot of Willie will come in and taste it and other customers that are connoisseurs in the cigars. Here's the cigar. We don't tell them who it is. But try it, see what you think. Like, damn, yeah, wow, what, that was really good. So um, it's special. It, this is my life. I don't leave here. I don't visit anywhere. I don't go to events. I don't do anything. My life is here in the cigars, making sure that whatever we make, the people will come back and they'll like it. And um, this is my life. This is it. My really mom's ninety four and she's still coming. Her mom was My banding cig- her mom was banding cigars the day we were there. That's right. And cellophaning them, yeah. She was ninety four. Yeah. Wow. It's in the blood. 
all the people basically in the cigar industry, all the kids and the family, it's all there. Because Padron has the family, Perdomo, um, Cabrillo, Pepin, us, everybody. It's, it's very family oriented. Now the, the older ones have passed and now the their children take over and then the grandchildren take over. So it's very family oriented business that I can tell you. That it is. Me well, it's funny because Sandy, Sandy was telling me yesterday when we were chatting doing our, our pre-show, she she said just that. She's like, I, I just, for some reason, I just can't, we can't make cigars for people that I don't have like an emotional bond to, that I, I yeah. can't like get along with. And it speaks to the passion, I think, that you have in, in what you do there. Yeah, because it's, it's just not a, to me, it's not just a business, a business. You have to like and have a passion for what you do. I don't care what it is. If you're a cook, if you're a gardener, whatever, you have to love what you do. And you have to um, have that passionate that you look at the person and you say, okay, what I always ask them if I like you and all, well, what is it you like? What do you like to smoke? What um, flavor? And then we make a couple of blends. And then you look at the ash, you look at the taste around your mouth. It's just not, you know, blowing hot air or um, getting that taste down your throat you want flavor and i'm very fortunate to have very good suppliers i mean the relationship i have like johnny oliva um eduardo eduardo has ex i was so excited when i saw the those anniversary aganosa which is eduardo fernandez but i always call him eduardo aganosa has excellent excellent cigars and their material is top notch it was funny because Kyle uh, Gillis, Warp, we do a lot of cigars for him, Comena, Black Honey, um, Don, Bernal, uh, Don Bernaldo, which is his dad. Um, named, he did it for his dad, which was an OBGYN doctor. And um, he said, Sandy, when I went to Nicaragua, it's true, he does have cigar bales just for you. It says Sandy on the bales. I said, yeah, he's so, yeah. That's the, that's the relationship you form with these companies. I don't know, maybe because I'm the female in the industry or I'm little, but, you know, they all take care of me so, they're so precious to me. Well, I think these they have, people, because of, I think yes. it's the same philosophy you have. They want to work with people they like, you know, I mean, you, you have developed relationships with some of the biggest people in the industry. And you know, most people don't realize Eduardo Fernandez, probably has the biggest or one of the biggest tobacco libraries I, I've ever seen. He has and so much tobacco, quality tobacco stored around. It's extremely extensive. Yes. And the thing is that um, he's picky, too, on who he sells. Don't mm -hmm. think of the one sells to everybody. He does he's not. picky, too. But the, the relationship, it's very important for you to have a very good relationship with the people that supply the tobacco that is oh that's extremely important because from the same fields you get your tobacco in, in in an acre you could have four different plantations of different tobacco so we usually try to always get for each person we do the blend for try to consist the same of the farm 
I say Lamia, which is because Lamia is a farm, a section that Eduardo has, and it's excellent. And Lamia means mine. And um, we'll get the little stickers. This is Lamia, the age. We ate all our tobaccos age. That's another thing. I'm too little to ferment or to age anything. So everything I do get is already from the bale to the table. That's another ish thing, too, that, you know, our tobacco, too, is not only good, it's a little bit more expensive, but that's how it is. You know, it's, everything's expensive. Everything gets flown in. And not just that, but Sandy does all the packing. So when she does a project like the Cohiba M, right, they send yeah. her all the packing. Yeah, I we mean, do everything. They send. She uh, can't even put it. They send her us the place. box, the bands, <laughs> and um, the cello. I put the ribbon if I like the ribbon, the colors. Send me the sample of the box to see if I like it. How the cigar fits in the box. Um, they shouldn't move because then it'll it'll destroy the cigar. We do all the packing, shrink wrapping, everything. We look at the cigar in the box to make sure the colors are correct. The, the All the heads are nice and round. I don't like flat heads. Or, I, I, I'm, I'm a pain in the ass, believe it or not, when it comes to, I'm super picky, super picky. And um, we do everything from start to finish. Age the cigar, taste the cigar, pack the cigar. Uh, the wrapper gets scratched, take it off and rewrap. If I don't like how it looks, take it off and redo it. Because we're small enough, we could do it. If I had a thousand people in here, you think I could check on every damn wrapper? There's no way. So we're very, um, really very boutique, very uh, detailed into what we do. You know, and that's, that's I guess that's what kept of, us here. That's part of the benefit of being small. You know, people don't realize it. You know, my company's organization is really relatively small compared to the next level of, of companies. And the reason why we could add that level of attention, whether it be the handwritten letter or our customer service, is because we're small. When things scale up so big, it really becomes harder to put that much attention to all the details. So I totally understand. Um, because you know, we talked with Sandy about, you know, why hasn't she expanded? Her place is, she has control. She has it where she likes it. She, she has everything in a system that works for her and able to produce the stuff that she wants and the quality and the standard that she wants. And I can respect that. I understand that. Yeah, when you grow, you know, it's good to grow. But at my age, what the hell? I ain't going to grow no more. You stay. If I believe <laughs> I'm in my 20s, it's another story. But at my age, nah. And the thing is that a lot of people have asked Sandy if you would have went to Nicaragua or or Ecuador or Dominican, you would have been, you know, hundred times bigger than what you are now, but it's where you have to be happy. I don't give a hoot what anybody says. You could have, you know, a thousand rollers and have everything you want and not be happy. And you have to be on top of everybody too. And here I'm in control. I know what's happening. I'm happy with what I do. I love what I do at my age. So I'm not looking for anything, you know, better than that. Maybe if I was, if I was probably younger, Maybe, but um, you lose control. Once you have too much of everything, then you lose control. Then you have to depend on other people. You know how it is. Anybody in business, it's the same thing. You depend on other people. Person gets sick, then what happens? You got to cover, get somebody yeah. to cover. 
Having yeah. business is not easy. Let me tell you, it is damn stressful. I don't care what business you're in. It is stressful. My greatest, my greatest misconception that I hear people about entrepreneurship is they think it's freedom, right? They don't realize it's just shackles and chains. <laughs> That's what entrepreneurship is. You become more shackled and more chained. And, you know, they think, oh, I don't have to answer to nobody. I'm my own boss. No, it's not. It's, it is a lot. And to answer Sean's question, they do draw test. I, I, we were there when they were draw testing. Sandy showed us the machine. They draw test the cigars. Yeah, we have two, two draw tester machines. Yeah, every cigar is draw test. Every box has a roller's name on it. That's another thing I could do with big companies. You can't just thousands of people with ours. You come in here and you see, oh, Yanella, that's Yanella. Oh, that was Maria. Oh, that's Juan. You actually do see the roller that's making your cigar. It's um, it's like having your own custom tailor or your barber. That's how it is. And I have customers that are picky and they want the same. They'll say the even the bundles will have the roller's name and the date. Um, that's how we are, and that's how I like. I do like what I would do. I do what I would like if I went somewhere and saw something being done. Like you go to a little bakery or a little restaurant that nobody knows and the best food is there or the best bakery buns are there or whatever you want to call it. And that's how we are. We're, we're small, but damn good. We want to keep it like that. And that's how come like when General approached me and wanted us to do the Cohiba, that was, and everybody did not know what they were doing. And then when I told, when, they came in and I told them the this is what we're doing. They were so excited because just picture these people, these rollers did roll Cohiba in Cuba. And to have to be in the United States now, a free country and doing a Cohiba and then having something so differently. I did it like with the closed book because years ago in Cuba. La Juayaveras, which is the typical Cuban uh, shirt. They're not into the ties or the jackets, so they would wear these beautiful linen Guayaveras, and then they would put the, the cigar in the Guayavera, and with the closed foot, the tobacco doesn't go in your, in your pocket. And I said, okay, I'm going to do a closed foot. And then I did the little Bejique fan. The Bejique is top of the line of all the Cuban cigars. So I did the little fan. Papalina has the big laguito fan, but the, the um, Cohiba has the little Bejica fan. So I went back and did a couple of things differently because that to me was part of Cuba, but being in America. And for the rollers, the same thing. That's so awesome. that was, yeah, awesome. that was really exciting. Awesome. Well, Sandy, don't go anywhere. Uh, we have a, our KMA uh, correspondent and also contributor, our good friend, William Coop. It's time to find out what is the scoop with Coop. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. There he is. Good morning, everybody. Morning, morning, sir. Long Hi. Yes, I know. Hi, Sandy. 
I feel Hi, like, how are you? Good. I feel like we just finished our show a couple hours ago. The, isn't it? Um, Abe, I got to tell you, um, and I'm not just saying this because I have never gotten a reaction to a show like we had on Thursday night. I mean, it was overwhelmingly positive. And I was very worried about this show that we did. You worry um, about, you worry about because, Well, I didn't know if the retail talk would, would go over. That's why. You, you guys think, are all great. I know it, but I just didn't know if the topics would go over. You don't think we've had these conversations in person? <laughs> I, I I guess, yeah. I mean, but but for folks that don't know, Abe joined uh, Jeff Borshowitz and David Garofalo uh, for one of our industry panel shows. And it was just like off the charts. I mean, the reaction that we got was was unanimously positive. Not, not overwhelmingly, unanimously positive. I, I was blown away. Because, look especially when you go into a lot of the older school guys, when you have this mentality, n- none of us have this mentality like, yeah, we've changed the cigar industry or we've made something special. We all we all really work together. Jeff and Dave are two guys I looked at coming up in this industry, uh, looked at their ideas, how they did their business. Actually, I've talked to both for advice. I mean, um, you, you asked about, you know, why I was the only person on the panel who didn't have a catalog. You know, yeah. I literally asked Jeff, you know, advice about that, you know, and, you know, they both explained why at this point in the career that, you know, they may have not had it. So um, that that that's what this industry is really about. Anybody who yeah. claims, you know, that it's not is not really in this industry. I've heard more stories about guys who barns have burned down or had a problem with their crop and have gone to other guys in the industry who come and help them out. Competitors yep. right, who have come down. You know, that's why when you get some of these new guys in who act like, you know, you know, this industry is any other way, in my opinion, they just really don't get it. This is how the industry really is for the most part. Yeah, I mean. If you're, we, if you're yeah, on the outside looking in on this industry, there's a reason. Because this industry is very, really, really open. I mean, look at Sandy and the stories that she had and how all these big companies had come out and embraced her and worked with her. That's what this industry is. Yeah. Anybody who's in the cigar business who claims otherwise is not really in the cigar business. If they're on the outside looking in, there's a reason. That that's why, yeah, it's some made up story. This I've been in the industry 25 years, she's been in it, I mean, decades. This is what the industry is. Yeah. No, Abe, and you know, the other thing is that we some of the couple of like one comment I got back was, you know, it was they talked about how you guys, you know, competitors, but yet were in this conversation talking as friends. And, you know, they tell me, hey, in my market, you know, I get ostracized for going into a competitor's store that from my regular store. So it's uh, he was saying it was really refreshing to see that type of conversation at some of the highest level of the industry in terms of the retail segment. So it, it was like I said, the, the feedback was was just incredible. that We got. Yeah, well, yeah. thanks for having me on. Thanks for the opportunity as well. Yeah, it was it was great. Very was great. cool. Very cool. Yep. A, little, a little long, but very cool. Well, yeah, actually, I had a short. I, I was shortening it towards the end. We we didn't get to a lot. It's, it's funny because I was watching towards the end. I mean, you almost had to shorten the coop. Everybody's battery was on like five percent. Yeah, yeah. Mine went out. I had to log back in. It, it went out. Yeah, it went out. Dave went out towards the end too. So, uh, yeah. I was watching it last night. I've only I've only gotten about halfway through. But what a what a cool concept! What a cool concept! Having those three personalities together, man. I, seriously, kudos to you, Coop, for putting it together. Thank but it was, it was, you. it's entertaining. You yeah. Know, honestly, it, it, it was more of a testament to me to even. Honestly, I say this 
all humbleness to be on with those guys. Because like I said, I literally, you know, listen, both these guys have touched base with me throughout my career. And I know for them, and I didn't bring it up on your show, but I know for them, it's just a simple text. But, you know, when you're coming up and you're doing things, it's things I remember and they don't even yeah. realize what they do. I'll, I'll never forget when we had done Battle of the Bands. Um, we'd done Battle of the Bands during COVID uh, last year. And I, it was it was a Saturday morning. I'm on the toilet getting ready to come in and I get a text at 7.20 in the morning. It's from Dave Garofalo. And he was just telling me how much he loved the whole concept of Battle of the Bands and how his genius and whatever. And I'm getting a text from him at 7.20 in the morning on a Saturday morning, <laughs> right? Like, I, I won't forget that text, right? But, you know, for him, it was just a simple, hey, great, you know, simple thing. So it was very cool for me to be on the show with those guys. It really was. It was. And, and I, I know I said this on the show as well at the beginning. When I asked the three folks to come on this show, I got response back from all three of you within minutes, not hours, minutes. I, I mean, it was, and I, if the date all worked, which made it easier, but still, everyone gave me a yes within minutes. I mean, within the half hour at max. So it was that, that was a testament to you guys. And we, we thank you guys greatly for that. And, and it's both, not taken for granted. It's not taken for granted. No, and both Jeff, Jeff's been on a couple times, and Dave has been on this 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 show. They've both yeah. been on Made Talk Radio. Well, so. Dave, I remember, did a show minutes before he was going on the air with his show. Yeah. I think when he was on, yeah. Yeah. Because his show, his show starts literally after our show. Yeah, he starts right at noon. So I remember when we, did, we had him on, and that was the whole, around the whole PCA controversy. He came on, and I know he had to, like, jump, like, 15 minutes beforehand to get to yeah. start his show. All right, yeah. what is the scoop this week? Um, so there's a few new releases that have hit the stores. Um, I'll start off first with Alec Bradley. So Alec Bradley first they shipped uh, their PCA exclusive cigar, which is a box press Grand Toro size of the Magic Toast. So that cigar um, was showcased at the PCA. It's the first box press cigar in that line. And if you were at the trade show as a retailer and you ordered that show, um, you were able to uh, – you were going to receive your delivery. Uh, either you got it or you're going to get it very soon on that. It's actually available right now at smoking.com. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you go. You guys were there. Um, and then also out of Alec Bradley, this was something that kind of happened right before the Thanksgiving break, but we weren't on. Uh, they also shipped the uh, national release of the Alec Bradley Trilogy. Which, if KMA listeners have listened, that, that's the story of the trilogy, which is the triangular-shaped cigar um, that Alec Bradley had years ago, and they brought back. That really, the genesis of that came on the KMA show with Alan Rubin, and the wheels were put in motion to bring that back. You guys got, at Smoke In, got the Robusto size early, but there's also this national size of, um, this national Toro size that's out. Three blends. There's a uh, authentic Corojo, a exotic Maduro, and a um, careful a Cameroon. Yep. Excuse, yeah, yeah, exotic Maduro and native Cameroon. Yep. Actually, so those should be the, the 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 trilogy that was made for uh, the smoke and release was only made in a robusto size. The, yes. The, and the national one won't come out, and it'll be just in a Toro. And, yes. Um, we, this was actually a really cool box they made here, so sticks already missing. But this is the triangle press cigar. Yep. So, and I'll tell you what, uh, that was a great. They did a great job bringing the, those blends back. Um, 
I don't I don't think I smoked the original. If I did, it was before. Maybe I had one, but they were they they did a great job with those blends. Um, and I think I'm 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 partial to the Corojo one. Uh, but they're all they're all excellent. So um, I'm looking forward to also smoking the Toro size of that. The power of KMA. We bought a whole line back. You brought it back. I mean, you brought it back, and uh, it's. Uh, I remember. You know, that was a great show, and uh, it took us years because remember when we had Alec and Bradley on? You mentioned it on the air to them, and they're like, "Oh no, 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 no! They, you got to talk to to Dad." I actually because, called him Dad yeah. right after that show from right, the, right, yeah. the studio. Right, that's right. they're like, nah, he's not going to want to do. It. He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to do it." And then we had him on the air too, and you mentioned it again. And Alan was kind of like, "Well, man, uh, I think you wore him down." I like the Cameroon one. I, I have smoked the, all three. The I Cameroon one is awesome. It's, I'm it's a good job. Guy. I'm a Cameroon guy. They did. I mean, I said they did a great job on on the blends. I mean, the packaging that you got for smoking that triangle sampler box. You still have some of those, don't you? There's still some available. Coop, you you saw it before I did. Yeah, I was so when I was down in in um, May, I had actually stopped at the Alec Bradley headquarters before going to see you, and they had it. They had it in like their little conference room area, so I did see it. <laughs> I said, I told Abe, I said, yeah, I saw, I saw it. It looked really good. I go, they wouldn't let me take a picture of it. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was very cool. It's cool to have one box that had all three blends in one. So yeah, yeah, and like I said, it. it Really came out nice. Uh, extremely the extremely collectible piece that you know. I think what three hundred were made or four hundred were made, and that was it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Sorry. What else? Oh, one other story this week because uh, it was a light week with the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, Altidus is uh, got a new Monte Cristo that's going to be hitting the shelves. Uh, it's under their Espada by Monte Cristo line, which is their Nicaraguan Monte Cristos made at Placencia. So this is a this is also made at Placencia. It's the Espada by Monte Cristo signature, um, and this is going to feature um, a Rosado Oscuro wrapper. Um, so that's what's going to distinguish this. And like I said, these these Espadas are made in Nicaragua by the Placencias, and they there's several Espadas they've come out with over the years. Uh, this one should be hitting the shelves in mid-December, uh, starting to roll out. And it's available in one size, a uh, a Valiente, which is a 55 by 6 Toro. Is this regular yeah. production or a limited release? Uh, from, what I, from what I understand, this is regular production. Okay. Yeah. Big one. Yeah. That's usually, nice. Usually yeah. we don't do regular productions in one size like that. Yeah, but I think this one's regular production from what I what I understood with this one. Which yeah, because they've done the Estoke, which is one, but I, but uh yeah, they didn't say this was limited. Now it's coming up on the end of the year, Coop. You doing like a big countdown top of the year. When is that when is all that hype and news start up? Uh that will be starting up on Friday. So the countdown and I do a countdown from thirty. I used to do the countdown throughout the whole month of December. Um, it was a little challenging doing it, in, uh, because of, wow, tight. yeah, and it's tight. So I kind of staggered it to like December 10th to January 9th is what it's going to be. And, um, but I still kept the 30 in there. So, um, I have completed the list. So I do know what one to 30 is right now. I unveil one a day. I, I believe I was the original online media guy to do a countdown. Um, and it's always been like that. This is the 12th year I'm doing it. So 
you know, it's it's uh, it's fun. I, I don't tease. Like People say, well, it's teasing. No, I don't force you to click on the link because the cigar name's in the link. So I said, you don't have to click on it, but I think you'll want to click on it because there's some good information on it. Uh, there'll be a video and audio component to it this year as well because I found there's a lot of people on YouTube or on Apple who want to, like, hear it or watch it. Uh, just they aren't going to read so so this will be available for the first time on audio and video as well you expect people to read holy cow you know it's i don't but i'll tell you what the, the bread and butter of my website is still people reading the articles it's a dying it's a dying art form it, it well there's less online media writers than there were five years ago i mean there's been a big reduction a lot of these guys have moved over to the other mediums we, yeah. we've done it as well so we have both um, and what we noticed is when we added the audio and video to our PCA coverage, we had really a, a huge spike in our numbers. So, you know, we, we've seen the benefit of having both in there right now for sure. Very cool. Anything else going on, Coop? Um, no, that's, I mean, that's the big thing uh, that you'll see. Uh, the countdown starts on Friday. Um, so just start staying tuned to that. And like I said, we'll be running those so right into early January. So do you cigar every day or what do you do? One cigar a day. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and, and what it does is actually allows you to showcase each cigar, which is pretty cool. So, you know, uh, kind of, you know. So you're making a video for every day between Yeah, but they'll be like, they'll be like, they're not going to be three hour videos. I promise you. They'll be three minute videos. At, at max, so they're not going to be up three hours. I don't know if Coop can do a three-minute video. I was going to say, we'll see if that listen, happens. Listen, I get, I get a little bit of the unfair. That was a longer show I did and Marin did. Bear is the one you got. My, Bear on my team's the guy is the master of the four-hour show. I mean, you got to talk to Bear on that one. <laughs> Coop, was there anything we missed? Like, uh, you always have like one burning question that you want to ask our guest, and and while you're here, and because she does so few of these. Did we miss anything that we should have asked Sandy? You know, Sandy, um, those are great questions to talk to Sandy about right now. Um, so you you expanded the factory, uh, what was it, a couple years ago, right? A few years ago, right? I remember yeah, you, when I was there. Here. Yep, yeah, exactly. So just to, just to be clear, when you say she expanded, she went like from here. Yeah, to here. there. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I remember even before it was expanded, it was it was amazing. But what I, what I'm just amazed about is how you take on these projects because um, it is a small space, uh, and it's got to be really challenging to, to just do that. And yet you just seem what I, here's the thing. This is more of a comment than a question. I guess Sandy uses every nook and cranny of that facility. It's what I've noticed. And it's it's yes. something to see, and and the quality just reflects it. It's it's you know overwhelmingly positive quality you have. So yeah, you've rated quite a few of our cigars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. been here. Yeah, quite a yeah, few. I mean, the Goldie is a former cigar of the year of ours. So uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's it's uh it's great. But you've had um, I mean, I remember when you were doing the stuff for Sean Williams. Sean, uh, we got yeah. that. We still yeah. do Padilla. We're doing another. Yeah, eleven for Ernie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, it's been so with just, us a long time. Sure. Uh, and then you have your own brand. Who's your the own hardest, brand? Who's the hardest to work with? It was Ernie, wasn't it? Ernie and Neto Bahia. Yeah, was he the hardest to work with? No, he's fussy, but he always comes in. 
he's the one that comes in the most and sits down and tries the cigars. Yeah, Ernie's good. Uh, Ernie's, I'm trying to think. Well, Kyle's really fussy too. Kyle's another one. Yep. But um, I say Kyle's a little fussier than Ernie. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sandy, people don't know. Sandy introduced me to yeah. Kyle. She did. Uh, we were in the, we were talking in the back room. She goes, I, I got this kid I'm starting to work with. You um, and, yeah. Uh, she, you called him up. Uh, you introduced me to Kyle. Um, and he had not even released the LOSO yet, which was his first line. Uh, and then Kyle and I just started talking after that. But that introduction came because of Sandy there. Alex. So, Alex says it's interesting. Is it really interesting? He wears bespoke clothing. Then, if you wear bespoke clothing, you're going to be fussy. Fair yeah, enough. He's, Fair he, enough. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yep. He comes in here one day. Kyle is a little story. I have one day. Kyle comes in, goes in to where the material is, starts blending and stuff. Comes out and says, "Try this," and I try to go down. I said, "Where'd you get this?" He goes in there. I said, "You got that from me." <laughs> When are we going to do this cigar? I can't even say. But it was so damn good. It was really yeah. good. But that's what they do. They come in and they, they go in there and start playing with the blends. And then I said, did you write this down? Because there's so many different tobacco. He says, yeah, yeah I got it. I got it under control. I wrote, yeah. I wrote, wrote it down. I and never... that one thing here, too, that people come in and try their cigars and and sample it, and you know, it's very homely, like totally different, I guess, than other big guys. <laughs> I never even knew what bespoke clothing was until I met Kyle. <laughs> I did, I found out about KMA. I'm like, what's bespoke clothing? So, yeah, and, and you know, I've spoken your house brands too. Uh, I mean, the Redemption's my favorite. Uh, there's just I really, like that one too, Coop. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I mean, and that's a great thing. You go in there and you can pick up some of those cigars. Uh, uh, and they're, you know, they're just unique, true artisan, um, um, handmade product there. It is. And the fact yeah. that the, this, the craftsmanship was passed down. Yeah. Such an incredible woman. And to still see that that education and art didn't get lost, that she was yeah. kind enough to pass her knowledge down, I think is awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, cigars is an art. Whoever sits at that table and does a cigar, boy, you better really love what you're doing because um, it is an art. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. They section their cigars. Like the leaves, they know exactly where to put the leaves and what country the leaf is from, how much they have to take from each leaf. It's amazing. The triple cap, the I like them round. It's it's incredible, nice and shiny. Stretch the you know, stretch the wrapper. It's a, it's an art. You have to love it. You have to really love what you do. Sure. It's not um. It's not easy. It's not. Well, if you want more information, or please follow our good friend William Cooper at uh, cigar coop dot com. Always rumor, always teaser. Well, maybe not always. Always. Uh. <laughs> he's always teaser free until he has to count down 30 cigars then you gotta yeah, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> you get you don't have to click no, no clickbait <laughs> nope. all right should we move on Coop, yeah kubo's has these odd stipulations that make something right <laughs> he does all right now it's time for our highly anticipated tale of the tape season three episode the best 
mafia movies at all time. Let's run it. Here we go. Tale of Tape Season 3, number 4 movie for me is A Bronx Tale. Uh, Bronx Tale is essentially the um, mafia comes to the stage. It's uh, It originated as a one-man uh, stage show by Chaz Palminteri. If you've never seen it, it's actually incredible. You can go find it out there. But uh, two great stars, Chaz Palminteri and uh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro kind of switches roles in a mafia film where he's not the gangster. He is the uh, hardworking father. And it tells the story of uh, Cologinal who's coming up with this struggle between the influence of his hardworking father and the, uh, the street corner guys. Really well done film, very stylized, and tells a great story. You know, the baseline throughout the story is a story of uh, missed talent. Go ahead, Coop. So my number four was on your list as well. Uh, It's the Gotti. It's the 1996 version uh, starring Armand DeSante. I I wasn't sure if I was going to put this on the list because it was an HBO release as opposed to a theatrical release. But it's a really well done movie. Um, You know, I think it it, it probably is Armand DeSante's best role. Won him uh, the Emmy on that. But if you're a Sopranos fan, a lot of the characters from the Sopranos are in on there. Uncle Junior... Big Pussy, uh, Paulie, they're in that. And it tells the story of uh, Gotti's rise over a 20-year period. And what's really kind of hits home with me with this movie is Paul Castellano is a guy uh, who Gotti shot uh, and, and had had shot. Uh, and Paul Castellano is a guy who kind of lived in my backyard, so to speak. So it was kind of a movie I was always interested to see the story about it. Sure, sure a little touch at home. Yeah. Do we have a graphic for this week? We do. Oh, yeah. Let's take a look. Hang on. Let's take a look at this list. There we go. Bronx Tale and Gotti. All right. Abe, if I remember, Bronx Tale is one of your tops, right? I love that movie. Great movie. One of the, a, line, a line I live by and use all the time. I actually say it to my kids. Nothing worse in life than wasted talent. Wasted talent. Yeah. That's a great, great movie. They're actually um, it, Chaz is still going out and doing the one man show, but they're actually casting now. They're they're putting together. It's in pre production, like a stage version of the movie. So it's kind of like the movie's influenced by the one man show, and then they're doing a stage version of the of the show as well. Apparently, it's amazing. I, I yeah, know some you've, people if you've never seen it. the one-man show, it's excellent. Chaz Palminteri actually does all the characters. and uh, I'm going off recollection, but I believe that, you know, because Ch- Ch- Chaz had a couple things of trying to get that made, and I think one of the stipulations when De Niro picked it up, because Tribeca is the one that picked it up and did it, um, I think that one of the stipulations was he had to play... He had to play Sonny, yes. He had to play Sonny. That was the stipulation of the deal. So... It wasn't like De Niro chose to take that, uh, you know, role. That was part of the deal if he wanted to make that movie. Yeah, yeah. And he does well in it. I mean, 
shows the versatility of Robert De Niro too. Well, I mean, listen, I, I, I've become less of a fan over the years just because of his, you know, personal side. Doesn't take anything away from his talent, but anybody doesn't think he's versatile, go watch Midnight Run. Yeah. Oh, what what a movie that I I, I don't get tired of that movie. Never, never. There oh. are a million classic lines in that movie. Oh yeah, I watch it at least once a year. That movie. One of the best. Absolutely. Charles Grodin, phenomenal too. That whole character. yeah. Dennis Farina was incredible everybody, in that movie. Too. Everybody, even, yeah. even Joey Pants was good at that. that yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there's a guy scenes in Chicago too with that movie, which kind yeah. of is cool. Yeah, Dorfler, he was Dorfler. Oh, <laughs> Marvin, what was file? I can't find it. It's under J for jerk. <laughs> Love that. That whole movie is classic. Right, it is. I don't it think is. I've seen that movie. Crazy. Alex, oh, Paul, it's a must see. It's it's required watching for you. Seriously, I've never seen it. No, Midnight Runs all yeah. time classics. All time yep. classics. Well. What an epic show for me uh, today. Sandy, honestly, thank you so much. I know you were a little... Because Sandy originally wanted to come on with Willie. Then she wanted to come on with her daughter. And I know part of it was you wanted help getting the technology all set up, but you did a great job. It was We awesome. made it work. It was awesome having you on, sharing not, thank only, you. not only the story of your factory and your, your yeah. amazing history... Thank you for having me because um, this is the first time I do this. I've never, I don't really have time to sit all this time, but it's a, it was an honor for me to be here with you and share with, with Cigar Coop and all the Alex and Paul. It Thank was you. Um, it's very been challenging. I hope everybody liked it and um, have a happy holiday. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy yes. New Year. Yes. All the and I hope that all of us stay safe and um, we'll be able to do a lot more of these shows and I can be here for a long time still. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Coop, once again, thank you very much to all thank our you. fans out there. Uh, hopefully we'll catch you uh, this Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is the official first event of the Great Smoke yeah. 2022. We're having our, our uh, virtual launch of one of our five exclusive Great Smoke releases. It's going to be the Aganorsa Anniversario um, that we have Terrence Riley coming on. Sales for that will start during the broadcast between 7 and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You must have your Great Smoke ticket prior to the event prior to that event, so you can enter the store if you want to be able to get it tomorrow. So the, the Great Smoke really kind of officially starts in four days. Pretty crazy. Yeah. So awesome yeah, stuff. Nice. Next week, we have Robert Holt. Is that correct? Robert Holt, Southern Draw mm -hmm. Cigars. So we'll have him on next week. Everybody, we hope you, we entertained you. We hope we made you laugh. We educated, a little, educated you a little bit. Thanks for uh, spending your Saturday morning with us. And until next week, everyone, keep it lit. <laughs>